the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody, to the Messy Walk podcast. Hello, everybody. I am here with Pastor Adam. My name is Chloe. And it's a great day. We're happy to have you listening in with us today. Um, We are currently in a series called Sins Christians Ignore That Mess Us Up. Oh, it's been a doozy. Yes, it has. It's been really good. I'm really enjoying it. Um, It's a pretty intense series. Yeah, Yeah, it has. It's stepping on my toes about every week. I don't know what number of this one it is. I think it's today's five or six. I think this is... We don't know. It's Something five or like six. That. We're There's somewhere going to in be there. ten of them by the time yes. we're done. So we're somewhere in the middle. Right. And we can't stop talking about the first one. Right. We're so. still stuck on the first one. Every time someone brings it up, we're both like, mm. so it that, was on gossip. It was on gossip. <laughs> so we called it spilling the tea. And we keep coming yeah. back to that one like crazy because yeah. obviously uh, it's a sin that we ignore. Yeah. And we're starting to see, I think once you talk about it, you start to see the way it's tripping you up. Yeah. And so we hadn't even got past the first one personally, yes, even though we're I'm talking still, about more. Yeah, I'm still stuck on that one. Which I just think proves this whole idea that these sins we ignore are really messing us up. Like that's Absolutely. the, you know, the title is sins Christian ignore, but then the, the extra part of the title is that are, that, me, that are messing us up, that are messing us up big. And that's what's really happening with yes. them. They really do trip us up. Yeah. They really Absolutely. do. They really we do. saw that. We're seeing that every day yeah. with the gossip one. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, like I said, we're in this series, Sins Christians Ignore That Mess Us Up. Um, and well, like we said, we're in episode five or six. Yeah, and, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And last week, we kind of left it on a cliffhanger. We talked about, um, it was titled A Loveless Church and talking about how as Christians, we are called to love one another and how often that is brought up in the scriptures. We read a bunch of scriptures, but we left it on more of a cliffhanger to let people kind of think on it themselves and think about, you know, how that might be tripping them up, how we're more focused on arguing over, you know, these minor opinions instead yeah. of actually being focused on loving one another like Jesus specifically calls us to do. You know, he prays for us in the garden. We read that. He prays for us in the yeah. garden for unity. His last prayer yes. for us is for us. that we would love each other, yes. not the world, but that we'd love each other because then the world's going to know who he is by right. how we treat each other. Right. And so... And we treat each other like crap. So yeah, I'm guessing I was that's probably say, has to do with why the there's a lot of folks in the world right. who don't want anything to do with Jesus. I was going to say, it's very clear that we're failing at that one. Yeah, very much <laughs> so. Um, but so we were just going to revisit that one today before we jump into our next yeah. sin that we're going to focus on. And so I thought maybe if we revisit it in a sense of like, what are some practical steps we can take that's to not idea. be like... A loveless church to actually have love for one another. Yeah. So, Adam, I'm going to throw it to you. Good job. Yeah. So the, the um, you know, the premise here is that we treat each other in the church like crap, right. and so you know, we tend to as Christians um, just really dog other Christ followers and other churches and things like that, and it's really messing up the overall mission, um, and um, we're messing up Jesus's um, you know, command. Yeah. Um, his, his, who he is, his reputation, right? Because we, the, you, you'll see the church, we'll love people outside of the church, but then we'll treat brothers and sisters who we say that we're connected with them for life, that we're going to spend eternity together, that we believe the exact same stuff, that we're, that we are one family, right. we treat them bad. And so what, what that, what does that say to the world? 
that you love me before I'm a Christian, but then once I become one, we're going to not love each other. Right. It's just weird. It is. And it, it, I do think it really messes us up. And so the, the thought was, is, well, how do we do that? You know, Chloe was like, what do we do then to combat that? And, and most of the ones in these things, we've talked about that. Like, you know, with gossip, we gave a really big uh, way that's almost impossible to do. But yep. if you focus on it, if you think about it, um, the the rule to gossip would be if you really wanted to, to, to quench it in your life, it would be don't ever talk about somebody who's not there in, present. Right. right? Good and or so, bad. Right. And so it's just hard to do. Yeah. Right. Um, so what are some ways to do this? What are ways to combat this negativity between Christian to Christian, between church to church um, to increase love for each other? And so I think. Um, Coy threw that question to me before we started, and I think that it comes down to um, prayer because we're going to need the help of the Almighty to do this. Right. It's not going to be some, here's three steps to stop doing this. I think that it's going to come back to prayer. So, so let's be specific in the prayers. Um, pick a church that's not your church and pray for them. Pick a church that's not your church and pray for them to grow. Pick a church that's not your church and pray for them to grow in some sort of supernatural way that's more than the church that you're a part of. Like, mm-hmm. like starting to get bigger capital. Yeah. You got to get a capital C church focus, right? The 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 Apostles' Creed calls it the Holy Catholic Church. Catholic not meaning the Pope and them. Catholic meaning uh, universal, the large capital C church um not the individualized local churches but the bigger you know the bigger church of christ um pick a pastor that's not your pastor and pray for them Hmm. regularly pick a pastor who's not your pastor and pray for them regularly that their that their uh reach that who is that, that, that their leadership would grow in a way that is massive for your community and that's really hard to do because what you're doing is you're praying for another church in your community and another pastor in your community to grow and be more effective than necessarily your church. I'm not saying pray it that way. Right. I'm saying pray it with that intent in mind that it's not just, you know, it's not just some prayer you throw up for them so that you don't do this. No, it's, it's a, intentionally seeking out a way to pray for them. So you can do this a little differently, too. You can do, how about this instead? Pick a church that is very different than yours. So, for example, to all my Baptist friends, I grew up Baptist. Um, in the Baptist church, we tend to, even though I don't know if we ever say this a lot, we do. We say it out loud. But um, in the Baptist church, folks tend to be very, very critical of the what we would call spirit-filled churches, so the Pentecostal churches yeah. and things like that, um, assemblies of God. And pray for those. Pick a church that's very different than yours. Maybe very different than yours in um, some of those, we call them second tier or third tier beliefs, um, and pray for that church to see God move and to reach more people and to grow exponentially. Hmm. Pick a church or a pastor that has hurt you or that you don't like, right? And pray for them to see God move, reach more people grow exponentially. Yeah. That's um, a practice in forgiveness. No doubt. Mm. And I think if we if we would operate that way where we're cuz the thought here is is to be intentional about seeing the bigger church all the time and not just your little localized version. Cuz where the most of this fighting happens is it happens within people within the same church, but a lot of times it's Christians within one church being overly critical of Christians within another local church context. 
And so if we'll start to if we'll start to ask God to ha- help us see the larger church and praying for the different pieces of that, even the ones where there's some different you know, second and third tier beliefs. I'm not asking you to pray for a church who does not believe that Jesus is the Son of God, who is right. the only way to salvation. Right. <laughs> I'm not asking you to pray for them. You know, for somebody who's who is is um, against Christ or uh, or is Jesus is just a nice little add on right. that theirs would grow. We don't want that to grow. No. We we want we want the gospel to go forward. And so, yeah. churches that are preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. That they would grow. And so pick some that you have trouble with, that you don't like, that annoy you. Um, as a pastor, this is one that I force myself to do all the time. So I say this um, constantly when we're when I pray in um, a physical church gathering or gathering of us, and I'm praying publicly. I will pray for um, every church around us preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, for God to bless them and for them to move, for them to reach more people, for the gospel to grow. And and when I say that out loud, that's the nice way of me saying it out loud. What I'm really doing, though, when I say that is I'm thinking of a couple of churches that um, have hurt me or people have left me, got mad at me and went to that church mm. or whatever it is. And I'm right. praying for those in particular in my heart, yeah. um, which is a act of humility and a way to say that it's not all about me. Right. Right. So that's... There's your there's your um, steps to walk out. Yeah. To combat. Those are good. They're Love practical. Churches. Yep. We can put them we can in all practice do that. every day. Yeah. Easily. And yeah. you know you do it do it the best you can. Yeah. So sometimes when you pray those prayers, you're going to be kind of annoyed and you're going to be mad. And I'm doing this because he told me to do it, and I trust what he says, and he's right about this. But these people still go on my nerves. But I'm going to pray for him anyway and watch it grow. Yeah. And hopefully, what you'll see is is if you continue to do that, that God will give you a heart and a spirit and a right. vision for the greater church. Right. And that definitely, that combats disunity in a way that I don't think we realize. Because how did Jesus combat this disunity that he knew was going to happen? He prayed for unity. Right. And so we should we should do the same thing. But we need to make it specific because we ain't Jesus. Right? Yeah. So Jesus can say unity, and he knows what he means, and he's covering everybody. But we shouldn't just, let's pray for unity. No, right. we should pray specifically against these tangible disunity ideas and thoughts that we have towards other parts of the body. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. There That's you go. good. It's practical, not easy in a sense of like, oh, I'll just slap a prayer on it and walk away. But right. it's easy to just start putting that into practice. Yep. It might not, you know, happen easily. And that episode, that last episode was very short. Yeah. So we just gave you some yeah. more from this one. Which now this one will be long. This one will be long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that was good. Well, on that note, I guess. Episode 38. Yes, this is episode 38. We're just going to jump right into it. Um, how do you, I don't know how you want to start this all right, off, so, man. So obviously on all these, you know, almost every time I feel like I say the same thing, which I shouldn't, but I, but I really mean it. So I'll say, this is the one. That's really messing us up, right? And then we'll get to the next one. I'll be like, this is the one. <laughs> but um, they all are messing it's like, us up. It's like saying, uh, I had somebody ask me this one time. I would go into the weekend. I was like, this is this is like the, this is going to be the greatest Sunday we've ever had. Like, I'm so, no, what, what I would say is, is I'm so excited for today. Right. And people will be like, you're faking this. How can you be excited for every single Sunday like this? And I'm just telling you, it just grows over time. So like when yeah. I say it, I mean it. And so right. for this one, I do think that at least right now, <laughs> maybe not on episode 37 or 36, <laughs> but uh, this is the one that is killing us from the inside out. Yeah. 
Um, and so the, this sin that we ignore all the time that is really messing us up, I really do think that it is absolutely killing you. And I know for a fact, biblically, that it's keeping you from the blessings of God. And that is, dun, dun, dun. I wish we had like a drum roll. Uh, you know, <laughs> there you go. Pride. <laughs> it's pride. Yep. And nobody likes to talk about pride. Um, but we all struggle with pride. And everybody knows we struggle with pride. And I'm not saying, you know, those moments where you're like, I'm so proud of my son. That's not what I mean, right? Or I'm proud of our accomplishments. No, we all absolutely struggle with this demonic level of, hold on, I got a cough. <coughs> That's a real podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's messy, so it's okay. We titled <laughs> it that way on real. purpose. Yeah. Um, <coughs> that w- we all struggle with this like literally demonic level pridefulness. Um, everybody struggles with it. And I can prove, Chloe, that everybody struggles with it. You ready? Yeah. All right, I I'm going to prove. I'm going to prove it. Anytime you're with a group of people or whatever, right? And you take a group photo. So this could be the school group photo, you know, that you have to take when you're in kids. They line you up. You take the group photo. Nobody buys the group photo no. <laughs> anymore. They just buy the individuals. Right. Um, the group photo, group photo that's in the yearbook. I don't even know if they do yearbooks anymore. <laughs> um, and then, uh, or the group selfie, right? You got a group of people together and you're out throwing axes or whatever you do now, millennial on Friday night. And you <laughs> take a group photo. Oh, we're out here. You know, whatever it may be. Um, how do you determine whether the group photo is good or not? Do you want me to answer? Yes, I want you to answer. How, Chloe, how do you? Don't even judge our listeners yet. How do you determine? Our listeners can judge me first. Yes, because yes, you're getting ready to speak for the world. Yeah. Right? I think, honestly, like, how do you judge whether the group photo was good or not? By how I look. By how you look. If I look good, then the group photo is good. That's right. But if you don't look good. It's a bad photo. And you're like, we got to take it again. Don't post that, or right. we got to take it again, right. or. Lock me out. <laughs> oh, me out. I hate someone. this picture. And then they yeah. post it, or you didn't even realize it. You never saw it. Yeah. And then they throw in, oh, such a fun night with Chloe. I love her. She's great. And then they throw the group photo up, and then you realize it's a bad one of you. And then you're kind of mad at them for even throwing <laughs> that photo up because I could not see it was bad. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, it's. Oh, gosh. It, it proves that we are all super prideful. Yeah. I mean, we're all just ridiculously prideful. I mean, think about it. You could take the picture, and everybody's normal-looking average people, right? And all of a sudden, you see this photo, and all these normal average people look like daggone superstars. Like, they are just beautiful. And they got, I mean, just everything's just perfect. (laughs) It's like the filter hit all of them just right. And they all look amazing. And as you're looking to the group photo, you're like, oh, my gosh. Amanda looks amazing. Charlie, you look awesome. You never look so good, right? <laughs> look how great Susie's hair is. And then you get to yourself and you're like, uh, what happened? Even though they all look the best they've ever looked in their life, you still deem the photo bad. bad. I yeah. do this too. Anytime there is, even if it's not even us deeming it bad, you can see proof in this way as well. Anytime you look at a group photo, you look for yourself. You may look at everybody else, but you're looking for you. You got to see you. That's yep. the goal of looking at the picture. Um, it, it just proves that we are all ridiculously prideful. And here's the thing about pride: it cannot be ignored because it is crazy dangerous. It's got to be more dangerous than any of the other ones that we've mentioned so far. Mm. It also, by the way, pride. Here's a teaser alert: it also has a twin brother. We'll get to next week. Um, mm. You know, 
They're they're yeah. uh, they're identical twins, but they're a little different. Like one's mole is just a little to the left <laughs> of the forehead, um, so they're a teeny little different, but they're very very similar. We'll get to that one next week. But pride is really really dangerous. We've got some scripture I want to throw out you. You can see this all throughout the Bible. Um, Chloe, read the first one we got listed. I think it's Proverbs sixteen, yes. verse eighteen. Eighteen. Yep. Yeah. So this is Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. All right. Pride goes before destruction, a prideful spirit, a haughty spirit before the fall. This Mm -hmm. big idea of how dangerous is pride that it's going to lead to this massive fall. Now, let me show you something cool in Scripture that you can tie this to. And maybe I'm tying it loosely, but I don't think so. Um, If you look at the Scripture... You know, Scripture, by the way, is not completely in chronological order when you're reading it through. So people need to know that. So when you start reading the Bible, you'll realize that you're reading some stuff that was further out and some things. And there's some references back to stuff. Um, So, for example, I'm going to give you the – keep in your mind that pride is dangerous and it leads to the fall. Chronologically, the first example of pride in Scripture is referenced – not happening there, but it's referenced in Isaiah 14. Hmm. Read this. Yes. So this, this is, is Isaiah 14, 13 through 15? Yep. Okay. Or 13 through 14, something like that. Okay. Yeah, just keep going until you think it gets weird, and we'll stop. Okay. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly on the utmost heights of Mount... Okay, I forgot to ask how to pronounce it. It's okay, just skip it. It's a mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to the realm of the dead, to the depths of the pit. Who's that referring to? Chronologically, the very first example instance of pride, it's referring to Satan. It's referring to the enemy who constantly said... There, two words over and over and over again. Did you hear them? I will. I mm. will. I will. Mm. This prideful, and it talks about being above God. Yeah. And then what happens to him, right? What happens to him there? It, it, and that's very different. We'll come back to what happens to him. That's very different than what happens with, like, for example, like we talked about last week, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Satan keeps referencing I will, I will, I will. It's all pride. It's oozing pride. It's, yeah. it's I am bigger I am the best. He's for sure looking at the group photo with him and all the other angels and God and going, I need to look the best, right? right. Not God. What do I look like in this picture? You know, yeah. it's definitely happening. Very. You contrast those two words, I will, I will, I will. Contrast those to some of Jesus's last words, like we referred to last week, when he's in the garden and he's about to take the sin of all mankind, which would be called humility, ultimate humility look what he says instead look what jesus says instead luke 22 mm-hmm. 42 father if you are willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done yep so not my will not i will mm-hmm. right not pride not mm-hmm. like satan that leads to a fall not not i will not my will but your will be done mm-hmm. right what you look like in the group photo is what Jesus is saying. I mean, it's absolutely profound. Contrast those two. They're very different. You're seeing ultimate pride that leads to the fall and then ultimate humility, which leads to us actually being raised up, right? And so yeah. if you just go to the next verse, so so before you do, if you go to the next verse, you're going to see what happens to Jesus, right? right. What happened to Satan? The fall, right? right? Remember that he first fell. verse? Yeah. 
pride comes before the fall. Right. The fall came. The fall from grace, the fall all the way down, the fall as far as you could possibly fall into a pit of hell that has been created, by the way, for the enemy. Right. It's not created for us. It was created for the enemy. Eternal resting place is in the furthest, deepest fall from grace he could possibly have, completely outside of the presence of God in what we now theologically term hell. Right. But what happens to Jesus, though? The next verse tells you, just very right where we just were, 43, I think. Mm -hmm. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. So look at the contrast. Pride leads to a fall. It definitely led to that with Satan, an ultimate fall. You see the big ultimate picture. Go to the opposite side and you see Jesus going, not my will, but your will. And that's ultimate humility. And what does it lead there? An angel comes and strengthens him in those moments of humility. Right. It's a huge, massive, massive verse. And um, you see a couple of references to this. So James, Jesus' little brother, references the proverb that refers to this, but he says it in a really cool way. We want to hear you say, hear, hear, let you hear this. Let you hear this, too. There we go. <laughs> so this is James 4, 6. Yeah. It says, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Shows favor. He opposes the proud, which means there is a fall. There's absolute destruction because he opposes, meaning God just comes against you. Hmm. You don't want God to come against you. Nope. But instead, he, he lifts up, he reassures, he gives grace, right? He gives support. To the humble, which is exactly what you see happening with Jesus. When Jesus is in ultimate humility, an angel strengthens him, right? So this right. this supernatural strength comes, even for Jesus, supernatural strength comes from God in that humility. And so it's so important for us to see this connection of, because we quote that verse all the time, people that aren't even Christ followers. And I hope there's a bunch of them, a bunch of you listening, by the way, because right. um, I hope what you're what you're hearing is an authentic walk with Jesus, a messy walk with Jesus instead of this. I found Jesus and everything's perfect kind of crap right. that's been thrown out there. Um, I hope you're listening. But people that don't even know scripture, they quote this all the time. Pride comes before the fall. Pride comes before the fall. People yep. say it every election cycle. People are saying it right now. Pride comes before the fall. I want you to get that on the deepest level. Pride did come before the fall, the ultimate fall of Satan. Right. And, and and what we see with that, though, reminds us that if pride comes before the fall, then humility comes before the rise. Right? Right. And it's really important to see that. And you see that happening right here in contrast between Satan, ultimate fall, Jesus, ultimate humility, that leads him to, by the way, being raised to the highest possible place. So what we want to do is um i thought that was really good by the yes. way yeah all it's right really good <clears throat> so what i want to do is we want to talk through um three types of pride so let's get a little more specific on pride because i think a lot of times we struggle with what is pride and what is not or we use we see certain things as pride and we forget how other things are indeed pride right so so i'm gonna give you three types of pride you ready Cool, you ready? Yes, I'm you sorry. You have to speak for the looking, whole world. Yes, yes all right. we're all ready. ready. Are we right. ready, world? <laughs> um, three types of pride. The first type of pride is the easy one. It's the I am better than you pride. I okay. am better than you pride. So many people feel this way, even if they won't say it. Everybody feels this way about a particular group of people or person 
right? Everybody feels I'm better than you about certain folks, for sure. You may not feel this about everybody you encounter. You may push back and tell me, well, that's not me. I don't think that I'm better than anybody else. Sure you do. There are people that you think you're better than. Um, What it shows is it shows a critical attitude or a critical heart. And a critical attitude or a critical heart is representative of this pride, this I am better than you type pride. And the way you kind of know if this is you is just think about it. Are you criticizing all the time? Are you constantly criticizing? Could be people, could be situations, could be institutions, could be churches, could be politics, could be your country. I mean, I can keep going and going all day. Are you constantly criticizing? If you're constantly criticizing, what it is is it's a reflection of a proud heart. That's mm-hmm. how that pride, that that I'm better than you pride comes out. Yeah. It comes out as critical nature, as criticism. And I for sure am like this. I'm like, I feel like I'm sliding into my chair as you're saying all this. Yeah, like, no, like, I can oh, see your body language doing uh, it. Yeah. Don't wreck right now if you listen to this driving because you started to pout. <laughs> right. Um, but if you see this criticalness oozing out of you, what it is, is it's showing you that there's this I am better than you pride inside your heart or I'm better than that situation. Or, you know, when you say, I can't believe people would do that. I don't know how people would do those things. Um, me and Chloe were talking about something random before this. And yeah. we, did this we did this very thing. Yeah, we I, was like, gonna say, I was like, I think I just How said in that. the world is this happening? Right. Is this that you can you feel it? If you say yes. it like that, you can feel yes. that there's this I am better than those people right. that I'm referring to. Pride kind of yeah. oozing out in us. Yeah, this happens to me all the time. I, I cannot walk into. This is how sinful I am. And I'm not saying it in a good way. I cannot walk into any sort of building or event without criticizing the crap out of it. Um, like I, I can't. Every time I walk into a school assembly or something for my kids, I'm over here going, "Well, that door shouldn't be like that. Why is this paper like that? These speakers are horrible. What are these people thinking?" Right. <laughs> You know, it, it's critical, and all it is is pride. All it is is me saying I'm better than you, um, even though I have real no context of what they're working with yeah. or how much they worked on or what it looked like last week. I have no idea. Plus, that's just me saying that I could do a better job, even though I ain't never been no school administrator or anything like that. How would I even have a context of knowing that? Right. And that's also me saying, like, what I do is perfect, which it ain't, because you could walk through any building Dang. that I'm in charge of and have the same kind of feeling, right? So it's just brutal, oh. and it is a it is a such a oh god it it, it so messes us up because and this is this one's easier to see I think than all the rest of them we talk through how it messes us up you can see it because God is opposing prideful moments in our life so like it's almost like we're falling in those moments you know but the humility in those moments he's coming alongside and he's strengthening so it's really messing us up. Yeah. The, the strength that we feel like we don't have, that we, we, we're not oozing out of us the strength in the Lord, most of it is, become, is coming because of pride and a lack of humility. Yeah. And then we put this verse in here, and I don't even remember what it is now. Um, Luke 18, which means it's a parable. Yes, this is the one that I fought for. Oh, you want like, to keep it in? Keep yeah. That one. yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to read the whole thing. Is that yeah, right? so this okay. is this is going with the whole first level of pride, first type of pride, not level, right. is I'm better than you pride. Right. Luke 18, nine. 9 through 14? Yes. Yeah, all right. All right, so it says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Mm. 
Yikes. Did you see that setup? Yeah, it's just what, already. What like, he just said, by the way, if you want me to, to say it. So say it again, Chloe, what he just said, and I won't tell you what, he, what it is. To some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else. Jesus said this. So who he's saying this to, he's telling you the audience. Guess who the audience is? Everybody. Yep. Nobody is out of that list. <sighs> now, some of us are much worse at it yeah. um, or, or more public with it, and that's who he's getting ready to talk to. But nobody's left out of this. Mm. Nobody can look at that scripture and go, doesn't apply to me. Skip to verse 15. Right. Nobody can do that. Not all right. Now, all. now, now that we did that, go ahead and say it. All right. So it says, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And then it says, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. There it is again. He keeps bringing it back to it, right? If 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 you exalt yourself, if it's pride... Right, if it's how I look, how I feel, I'm the bet like I'm better than, you're going to fall. You're yeah. going to be brought down. But if you're humble, you're going to be lifted up. It's it's man, it's this perfect piece of scripture where Jesus is really, really just diving into this whole I am better than you pride. It doesn't work for him. It doesn't fly with him. Yeah. And and it it really is messing us up. Because that verse is for everybody, and we just heard Jesus say, <laughs> You're gonna be cut down. And you're missing the strength. You're missing the strength you could have that is a godly strength by not being humble. Yeah. And, and this is important to, for us to always remember. The Pharisees were the ultimate religious leaders, right? So they were the ones that were, and people felt this way, the closest to God. And they're the ones being judgmental is the way this is set up. And then the tax collector was one that was universally hated because they were Jewish people who had taken a job with the Roman government, sold out their, their people, taken a job with the Roman government to oppress their own people with the taxes for the Roman government. Right. Which then obviously made them wealthy, too. Right. But they were um, – and it, was, it wasn't fair. It wasn't like, hey, I'm just a tax collector. Here's your rate. I have to collect it. No, it was all corrupt. Yeah. And so they were ultimately hated – and that one who's ultimately hated, who's not this religious leader, is going, I'm a sinner, and realizing it. And then that one is strengthened. And the one who thinks that they are being strengthened in the Lord because they know all the scripture, they've got this I'm better than you pride yeah. that is making them fall. Right. So if you were going to pick in that moment, the tax collector's more like Jesus, the Pharisee, the religious person, the Whatever you put is more like Satan. It's tough. Let's go to number two. All right. Number two, I can handle it myself, pride. So I'm better than you, pride, and then I can handle it myself. You ever seen that little video of the little girl? It's it's like a TikTok or something where she's like – you 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 worry about yourself. You ever seen it? Uh -uh. She's putting her – so you have to go look this up. All you have to do is put put in Google or somewhere, uh, you worry about yourself – little girl video or something and it'll pop okay. up 
So she's in the back seat. She's really little, like two, three, and she's putting her seatbelt on and she can't get it. And her dad's video on her because obviously this has happened before, so he's prepared. Um, and he's like, do you want me to help you put that in? No, no, no. You you worry about yourself is what the little girl says back to him. And at oh some point gosh. she goes, you drive. You worry about yourself. She just keeps saying it over and Why over again. Why does that sound like one of your kids? It, it basically is. <laughs> this is that whole pride of I can handle it myself. You have trouble asking people for help. That would be me. If you could see this, we were videoing, I'd be raising my hand right now. You tr- you have trouble asking people for help, or you say, well, it's not that I don't want help. I just don't want to bother anybody. Yeah. All I don't want to bother anybody is is an excuse for you not asking for help. Yeah. Right? I'll just do it myself. I can handle all this myself. If you find yourself with a very on-again, off-again prayer life, Deep down, no matter what we say we believe, our actions indicate that we think we can do it without God. So, Yikes. so right? Yeah. And I'm, and I'm speaking true. from my, my prayer life is very on again, off again. Just saying honest, messy walk podcast. I can say that because we call this the messy walk podcast. If you find that sometimes you're praying well and then sometimes you're not, sometimes you're connecting like you're, you know, not like you're supposed to, that's the wrong way to put it, but like it's a priority in your life. Right. Um, then in those moments, what you realize is, is that you can't do it by yourself. When you go through these periods of not praying, forgetting to pray, refusing to pray, it's not a priority is what I'm getting at. Um, your actions are indicating that you believe you can do it without God. Hmm. And the bottom line on this is it's just time to humble yourself and get some help. Yeah. Because that's where the help is coming from. It's humility. Help is tied to humility, right? Falls are tied to pride. And if you find yourself in this, I can just handle it all myself, it is beyond time for you to humble yourself and realize that you can't do it yourself. Get some help from other people. So the minute, you know, this is funny. You can actually think of these actions as prayers. So the minute you go to somebody, you go, hey, I don't know how to do this or I'm struggling with this, or you seem to have this right, can you help me? You could, That's almost like a prayer, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a what it is is it's a, a stance, an act of a posture of humility, which then the Scriptures tell us that a posture of humility, God comes along us and helps us. And so mm-hmm. you don't just get help from the person you ask for help from, but you also get help from God. Yeah. And so... There's a lot of this that goes around. I can handle it myself, pride. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of us who, let's just say it. Because if you've gotten this far in the podcast, you're ready to hear it. <laughs> you know you can't handle it by yourself. Like you're aware. You know deep down when nobody's looking, you're telling yourself, I can't do this. You know, about all kinds of stuff. You know you can't handle it by yourself. So what is keeping you then from actually seeking help on it pride because guess what you care about how good you look in that photo you know you don't want to appear weak you don't want to all that's pride it's all pride you don't want to bother anybody that's just an excuse for pride you you know you don't want somebody to think that you don't know right instead of just leading with hey i don't know because we know that when we say we don't know that God's going to lift that up. Not to mention that sets a whole new tone for anybody who's watching you. Yeah. Parents, you cannot let your kids grow up not seeing you ask for help on the regular. 
You cannot, because what, what you're going to do is you're going to set them up to not ask for help, but then you're also going to set them up to think that you are perfect. And it's this unattainable thing that they can't ever reach. My daddy could always do this. He never had to ask for help, right? But 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 I don't know how to do this. Yeah. I mean, you're just setting them up to, for, for absolute failure. You're setting them up for a really big fall in life because you can't walk through this life thinking that you can do everything yourself. At some point, that world is going to crumble. I fight this all the time. I probably, you know, I gave you plenty of examples on how I deal with the I am better than you pride and how that comes up in my life, I mean. This one, I, this one I think is bigger for me. It's more, it's more prominent in my life of having to just constantly go, I don't know how to do this, but I can't let nobody know I don't know how to do this. You know, and those of you that are perfectionists, this is where it happens here. You've got this ultimate perfection in you where you've got to do it exactly right. And what that's going to lead to is you're going to be a liar. Yeah. You're going to live as a liar. And I was, and I was, and I, I still am it sometimes, but I was a great liar. Lying was, was one of my biggest um, sinful struggles um, and has been since I was a kid because it's like I don't want anybody to know that I don't know what I, that I don't know, you know, I don't know how to do it or I don't know right. about it or whatever. And so you'll fudge it a little bit, you'll make it up, and you'll pretend like something's your own or all kinds of stuff. And so, anyway, if, if, if you find yourself with this, I kind of, you know, I, I can handle it all by myself. You worry about yourself. I got this. Then it's time to humble yourself and get some help because there's yeah. some real help there. And it's help from people. And there's also help from, uh, you know, from God, obviously. Right. If, if your marriage is in trouble and you have said for a long time, we can fix this, we don't need counseling, then that's pride. Mm-hmm. If you're addicted to something and you think to yourself, I can handle this, I can stop at any time, that's pride. What's keeping you from getting better? Pride. Almost every single time, what's keeping you from the help you need, from you improving, from you becoming more godly, for you having, for, for you being better and having a better life, it's almost always pride. And so you just have no choice. You have to humble yourself if you want help. Mm. That's number two. You ready for number three? I'm ready. All right. Number three. We should have did this in multiple podcasts, I'm feeling now. Um, number three, um, it doesn't apply to me, pride. So number one was um, I'm better than you, pride. Number two is I can handle it myself, pride. And then this third type of pride or way you see pride come out is it doesn't apply to me. There's this funny story about Muhammad Ali. Those of you who don't know who Muhammad Ali is, Unfollow the podcast right now, please. Are you we're no longer to me? we're no longer friends, right? <laughs> I thought you were Muhammad like... <laughs> Ali is the greatest boxer who's ever existed. Don't talk to me about Floyd Mayweather or anybody else, please. He's the greatest boxer that ever existed, and he was, was very well known for this larger than life persona of being awesome. So, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That was Muhammad Ali. He oh. he he said those phrases. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest of all time. He said it all the time, everywhere he went. I'm the awesome. I'm the best. He just was oozed this level of what we would call confidence. If we're being nice. If we're being godly, we would call it pride. <laughs> yeah. um, and one time he's on this airplane, and the flight attendant is trying to get him to fasten his seatbelt. And he says, at some point, he keeps telling him no. And then he says, Superman don't need no seatbelt. Right. So mm-hmm. this, even in an airplane, he's bigger than the airplane. Right? right. Like he's somehow another, you know, 
the greatest. It's just it's just this it's a funny example, but it's just yeah. this it doesn't apply to me pride. <laughs> I think that this is the most dangerous form of these prides. Um because it's the one that makes us like consciously object to who Jesus says we're supposed to be, the the example that he lived out and the commandments that he gives us. Um and you see it play out in all kinds of ways. Like Jesus said, by the way, that it's not just adultery to uh, sleep with someone, but that Jesus says, and he always takes it up a notch. He says, if you lust after someone in your heart, then it's the same thing. But I know lots of guys who call themselves Christ followers that look at porn regularly. And so what's, what are you saying? You're saying, well, that doesn't apply to me, right? Now, you may not be saying that outwardly. You may not be realizing it, but what you're saying is, is what what Jesus said here, what he taught, that doesn't really apply to me. That's very dangerous. Um, or this one. Well, we're just living together before we get married, you know, I mean, because it makes more sense financially. Because um, you know, we've been, and we, we were married before with other people, so we've already been there, done that. What difference does it make? And um, we save money while we do this. And so, you know, because, you know, the rules of the Bible, they don't really apply to me in my situation. Um they're antiquated or no, we believe it. It just doesn't work in our situation. Um, just doesn't make sense financially. Um, and so it doesn't apply to me. Hmm. Um, I know that scripture says we're supposed to forgive as Christ has forgiven us, but you don't know what this person has done to me. I've said this, yeah. I've said this in my heart. I've said it out loud. I've said it to God. I've said it to other people. Yeah. You know, I know we're supposed to forgive and Christians are supposed to forgive. And I know we're supposed to. I'm trying to sound country because I don't know. Trying normally. to sound like yourself. <laughs> You're imitating uh, yourself. I know we're supposed to forgive, but this situation is yeah. just too far gone. I think everybody's this one been there. is unforgivable. Yeah. Right. Someday I'll forgive. Yeah. But I just can't right now. In other words, what Jesus said about forgiveness 77 times and over and over and over again. And, and by the way, that's how how you interpret that. It could be 77. It could also be 7 times 7, right? Which that number's lower, right? right? What he was trying to give you an example of is over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. So it's not, you know, let me wait and forgive when I actually can make this apply to me or when I feel forgiveness. It's, mm-hmm. no, you forgive it every little step of the way on the, on the, the paradigm of feeling forgiveness, yeah. right? But what you're saying is, is this doesn't apply to me. I mean, I know that Christ followers are supposed to serve and supposed to care about others, but I can go to church or I can just watch at home, right? Uh, and I can engage that way. And and I can just pull up all kinds of Christian content of all kinds of amazing people. And, and I can just listen to that and follow it in my heart um, because I, I have to work and the serving time frames just don't work for me. And, you know, I can just be a church Christian who goes online. This should mm-hmm. sound quite popular right now, actually. What are you saying then? That all the scripture about us being one body, about us serving each other in the body and outside of the body, us putting our faith into action, guess what you're saying is is it doesn't apply to you. Right. This is a very dangerous, dangerous form of pride that is more prevalent than you realize. And you'll probably end up thinking about this one a lot more than you will the other ones. Like if you if you if you will go and just kind of let this sit, like we did last week, and marinate on this, what you will see is that that type of pride 
that it doesn't apply to me pride uh, is more prevalent in your life than the other types are. And I think that's why it's extremely dangerous because it's, it's like intentionally choosing to fall. Yeah. You know, and it's very similar to what we read about Satan doing where he intentionally chooses to, to, to go against what God says. That doesn't apply to me because I'm better. Um, I'm bigger. My situation's different. It, it it's like you're intentionally choosing to fall. Mm. You know, it, so it's like it's not even any room for humility in that, which is where you'll be strengthened. What I think God would tell you to do in any of these situations that I just mentioned, and these are just random, by the way. I'm not trying to pick on nobody in particular. It's just as a pastor, you hear and see the same things over and over right. again. <laughs> and, right. and, and you and, also know what you deal with. And, yeah, and you struggle with them yeah, too, right? So it's personal. Yeah. If you feel yourself with any of these and you go, I don't know how to handle this, how, just take a step towards humility. humility. Like, t- take a step towards it. You know, and watch and see if God doesn't help you in that step, and then you can take another one. Yeah. You know, you can continue to move forward in it. Um, that's why I tell people when, when it comes to, like, something tangible that makes sense, we can talk through it on the podcast, like tithing, for example. People are like, Adam, I, just, just, I want to do this, and I believe that God says do it, and... I just, there's no way I can make 10% work, you know, and I'll go, well, try one, right? And then watch and see if God doesn't help you and then try two, right? Then kick it up a notch and try four, right? What you're going to see is you're going to, you're going to actually witness that humility brings help. But if you don't, it's just like you're choosing to fall, if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, so those are just the three, I think, primary ways in which we see pride manifest itself in our life, right? It's yeah. all pride. It's all pride. And by the way, don't forget, he's got a twin brother. They're, they're the same except for they, they got the moles in a different spot on their right. forehead. Right, right. Um, <laughs> we're going to come back to that one. But <laughs> this, it, it just how it manifests. It's all pride, though. It's yeah. all pride. Um, so, you know, as we're wrapping this up. Here's a question for you. Is there any area of your life, the answer is yes, by the way, but you got to say it out loud. Is there any area of your life where you are in direct rebellion to the truth of God? Because that's what's happening with this pride that we're referring to, especially this third one. Direct, on purpose, rebellion against the truth of God. Yes. And you know it, and my answer is yes back, and so is Chloe, and the choir sings yes right now. Um it is time to humble yourself. If you don't humble you, God will. That's the whole point of the fall coming from pride is you can pick the path of humility or he can pick it for you. Yeah. Um, and he picks it for us here on earth in multiple ways to humble us. And in the end, though, like we go back to what we were talking about with Satan, in the end, though, He's going to pick ultimate humility for you, too, yep. which means you will be with the original faller, the lowest you could possibly be. Right. Right. It's a dangerous thing. Don't don't pick it. And then even if you don't believe in Christ, look, if you remove Christ from everything we're saying, still in the natural order of life, pride is not going to get you that far. And it is going to come at a big cost. And there is going to be a fall eventually. Right. You're going to be found out. It's going to happen. 
you're going to lose friends and family members because you think you're better than all of them. Right. It's sep- I was going to say it yeah. separates you from people. If everybody thought about like the most like outwardly, because we're all prideful, whether yeah. inwardly or outwardly. But if you think about the most outwardly prideful person that you've ever met, and how you're just like it repulsed. Eh. Yeah, it's, you're it's like, like I don't it's like be opposite magnets. It yeah. separates you from you, people. You'll just continue to be isolated in that. Even yeah. if you're successful, you're isolated in that success. Right. So if you even if you don't believe in Christ and all this stuff we're talking about, it's not going to be good for you to pursue the path of pride. Mm-hmm. Um, it will lead to a fall. I'm just telling you biblically that fall is bigger than just you falling out of your business or you know out of the, the you know. Oh, this perfect holy guy, this perfect right. awesome dude, um, whatever it may be, the fall is going to be bigger eventually. Yeah. That's what yeah. we believe. Yeah, that's what we believe to be true. So, yeah. it's time to humble yourself. So, everybody, uh, take some time and think about the way you see these things in your life, and then just digest on the fact that um, it is messing you up bigger than you think because it is taking the help away f- from you that God has for you that He wants to give you. Yeah. He wants to help you. He wants to uplift the humble. Um, and people around you do too, right? He uses people to help us in lots of ways too. And people around you want to help humble people. They do not want to help prideful people. One, they think you don't need it because <laughs> right. you have said you don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you've lived like you don't. And two, they don't want to be around you like Chloe said a minute ago because because who wants to be around somebody mm-hmm. who all they care about is themselves, or that themselves is ultimate, which is kind of what we'll get to on the next one. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Cliffhanger. That's it. Right. Done. Well, that was good. My toes are stepped on. Big one. I feel offended. I'm sulking for this the rest one, of the day. This one might make us stop listening, paying, stop questioning the gossip stuff for a while. Keep doing this, right, one, this right. one. Yeah, I might have hopped over to a new one. Now I'll just wrestle with both of them. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Side note, sorry if you heard my stomach growling at any point. Um, I need to eat. But thank you guys for joining us today. Um, Follow us on social media. We'll be back next week with the twin brother episode to this one. Yeah. Um, It's going to be really good. Hey, let me throw a little something in there. Yes. We took this out of the notes. But if anybody wants to read um, on your own, because I keep thinking about it. We took it out of the notes, but I keep thinking about it. Read Second Samuel 12, about the first 10 verses or so, like mm-hmm. 1 through 7, 1 through 8, something like that. And you'll see David in this situation with Bathsheba. Um, and then you'll see God send in the prophet Nathan to call him out on pride. Mm. Um, so anyway, just some extra study. Yes. Yes. Check that out. You said Second Samuel 12. Second Samuel 12, cool. first 10 verses or so. First 10 verses. Awesome. So check that out to go along with this episode. Um, I might have already said this. Follow us on social media. You didn't. You're good. Okay, cool. Yeah, check us out on social media, and we will be back again next week. Yep, we'll see you next week. All right. For the twin brother with the mole. (laughs) Woohoo. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.